Welcome to the Defiant Spirit, a podcast about discovering meaning, purpose, and resilience in the most challenging, difficult, and darkest moments of our lives through what my teacher and mentor, Dr. Viktor Frankl, called the defiant power of the human spirit, that spirit that is within you, that spirit that is calling to you, that spirit that is you. I'm Dr. Baruch Halevi, and this is the Defiant Spirit, and now, on to our podcast. Hey, welcome back to The Defiant Spirit, Dr. Baruch Halevi, also known as B. I am the creator of the Defy Your Number Enneagram system, and today we are talking about not just the Enneagram, we're getting into that. We're going to talk about one particular individual who brings the Enneagram to life. In fact, everything he does, he seems to bring to life and to win, because this guy is a winner on every level, which is why we're talking about Enneagram 3, and Dion Sanders, known as Neon Dion, known as um, Primetime, and known as Coach Prime. So I've been asked multiple times over the past 24 hours, why don't I do a talk on the Enneagram and Neon Dion? Because <clears throat> I live here in Colorado, and it is the talk of the town. It's truthfully, it's the talk of the of the nation. I mean, every single news media outlet I've turned on, 60 Minutes, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, everybody's talking about Coach Prime and what he's done, what he is doing, and potentially what he will do at the University of Colorado, where I shall say I have two children. One of them is marginally interested in football. The other one doesn't even know who Deion Sanders is, or at least she didn't know until um, a few months ago. But you can't help but be swept up by this man, by this, um, this transformation of a college football program. And really, in, in some ways, I think a revitalization or certainly uh, a shift in, col in college sports and college football in particular. So we're going to try and talk about all of that. But to me, first and foremost, this is about the Enneagram. I like using celebrities. I like using... Um, you know, recognizable people to bring to life the Enneagram because it can be a little bit complex at times. However, I find when we use somebody's real life and we talk through some of the Enneagram principles, it's, it's more sticky. It's so important to have a roadmap in life. And this is a roadmap for me and for so many others, turn off a weird flashing light here, um, who are, are turning to the Enneagram now more than ever before. You know, the Enneagram has been around for thousands of years. It's evolved over the past 50 years or so. And it's really taken root as of late because it's so sticky. It's so usable, so different than other typing systems, personality typing systems, because of its, I think, of its complexity of the layers. And yet it's that same thing that we can lose ourselves and I've seen it with a lot of Enneagram teachers where they can lose their audience by going too deep into the numbers, into the intricacies, and leaving everybody behind. I want to share with you some of the nuances of the Enneagram, um, just based on this one picture. If you're listening to the podcast, I have a slide, a picture um, with Deion Sanders and some of the key data points that I've gathered. 
And so you can download that on my website under the podcast page. Just go to the defiantspirit.org. Yeah, defiantspirit.org forward slash podcast. Scroll to the bottom and you'll see this slide. Whether you're listening, whether you're watching, let's talk about Neon Dia. Now, I don't know if he's ever done an Enneagram assessment. I didn't find any of this data out there. This is just me sitting and sifting and working through the process of what he is. Um, So I'll share with you my thoughts on that. But Dion, if you're listening, if you want to take a test, give me a shout and I'd be happy to give you, by the way, the premium Enneagram assessment on the market, the, the only test that anybody should take. The rest of the tests out there are mediocre to garbage. The one I use is a higher price point, but it, it's, um, it's truly a remarkable test. Now, with that said, you don't need a test. Nobody needs to take an Enneagram test. You simply need to understand the Enneagram and discover yourself, your number, on your own terms. Nobody should tell you who you are and what you're about. That's for you and you alone to decide. So I have a program called Discover Your Number, completely complimentary, where you can go and you can walk through all nine types to understand what they are, who they are, and why they do what they do, and you can discover your number in it. I say that because I'm never that comfortable typing other people. I'm a logotherapist, a meaning-centered psychotherapist, and I teach people to live what my, my teacher and mentor, Dr. Viktor Frankl, taught, to live your defiant power of the human spirit, to never allow anybody to reduce you. When I do this, when I talk about neon, neons, coach primes, um, Enneagram type, this is just my understanding of who he is and how he moves through the world based on what I've seen. And really, again, only Deion Sanders can decide that for himself. However, I do type other people. I do use this in my life to navigate, but I, but I walk um, mindfully through this sort of mind minefield, making sure not to reduce anybody, but using it as a as a sort of guiding, not governing path and and way of relating to people. Okay, so let's talk about. Um, Deion Sanders and his Enneagram type. <clears throat> One of the reasons also why I like to share this you know, typing process with people is because I don't have the definitive answer. I like to make the case. I like to put together a case around why somebody might be this type. However, again, not having seen Dion's assessment, never having sat down with him, I look forward to that changing. Um, I'm in Boulder, Colorado, Dion at least once a week. I, um, I go through a process and I can be swayed in a different direction. This is my first attempt at typing Deion Sanders. And I want to share with you the process because to me, it's as meaningful as the outcome. Okay. I put Deion Sanders as an Enneagram 3, the achiever. So all the noise on this slide right now, all the words and numbers around Deion's picture, just disregard all of that for now and just look at the green the Enneagram 3, the achiever, and that's what he is in my system. Some people call it the performer, um, other names out there. I think it's the achiever because that's what Deion Sanders is all about. Enneagram 3s achieve. It's one of those Enneagram labels that really needs no further clarification. Now, these are folks who not only achieve, but they, they need to achieve. They need to win. Every Enneagram type has the shadow and the light, the blessing and the curse. The blessing of the Enneagram 3 is that they know what it takes to succeed. 
However, as we'll get into, that can be their curse as well. Now, they've probably been doing this since they were little kids. We live in an Enneagram 3 culture, certainly in America, but probably in the West, where we will reward um, success. You know, success breeds more success. I see it in Little League sports where a kid who's just a little bit better than the rest then gets more opportunities and goes to the next level because he or she's provided with even more. And it's this self-fulfilling prophecy. It's an upward spiral. It builds on itself. So Deion Sanders most certainly was an achiever as a kid, a winner as a kid, probably in Pop Warner football, and it just kept happening, one opportunity after the next, after the next. That's what I see with Enneagram 3s. They just have this sort of Midas touch, this magic touch, and their life seems to the rest of us almost like it flows very easily um, without a lot of hard work. That's only a deception. In some ways, that's what a three wants you to see, especially one of the subtypes. There are three subtypes. We'll get into that. The self-preservation really wants you to see that they don't work hard. You know, that commercial, never let them see you sweat. I think in many ways that's a self-preservation three, but a three in general, because they want to look like they're succeeding somewhat effortlessly or um, gracefully. They have this persona, this image about them um, like no other type. Enneagram threes care deeply how they're being perceived. They're always hyper aware of who's around them and what the perception is. And when you start to, to really watch Deion Sanders, he has a highly curated image. You know, that cowboy hat he's wearing and those sunglasses, which have been the talk of, of uh, the country all week, are by design. And there's merch to be sold around those. So not only is he succeeding on the field, but he's succeeding off the field. This is how threes can move through life. And again, to us as outsiders, it just looks so smooth and elegant and seamless. But they're sort of like a, a duck, right? Paddling furiously under the water, oftentimes when it looks like it's just smooth sailing up above. Um, <clears throat> If you look at the mega stars, the mega superstar athletes, they tend to be Enneagram 3s. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, um, um, Kobe Bryant, I'm just kind of you know, free-flowing here, LeBron James, Michael Phelps, Simone Biles. The list is staggering. When you look at the mega star athletes, they tend to be 3s. Michael Jordan, I mean, really, it goes on and on and on. Because... To get to that level of stardom, you have to be more than all in. It has to be your lifeblood, your oxygen, your everything. This is where you get into the shadow side of the three. The threes can go so deep and so all in that they start to become almost machines. They are the human doings, not the human beings. And they can do a lot of damage on the process in the in the process of um, climbing the mountain to get to the top. Oftentimes they'll step on people to get to the top or they may compromise on their principles, on their values. I've said it a lot, but a lot, if not most of the athletes who get busted for something, whether it's doping or whether it's gambling or whatever it might be, tend to be Enneagram 3s. Lance Armstrong, Pete Rose, Mark McGuire, Jose Canseco, again, just off the top of my head. Barry Bonds. Um, these are threes who 
will stop at nothing to ultimately win. Now, we are complicit in that. We contribute to that because we just say win, win, win. Again, from the time they're three until the time they're 93, um, we have been telling them one message. And if they're not careful, they can lose themselves down the slippery slope of self-deceit. So threes have a, a slippery side to them. It doesn't mean they're liars, but it does mean that they sort of play with the edges of truth. I've been listening to interviews with Deion Sanders this week, and he plays with that slippery edge of identity where he's in character, he's in a role, but then he starts becoming the role, and it's almost like he believes he is the role. In fact, he refers to himself as Coach Prime and Prime Time. So there's this mask that a three can wear. Fine, we all wear masks, but threes are the ones who can get into trouble when they start believing they are the mask. They can do great damage to themselves and to others. And you'll hear, um, like I, he was challenged a couple times. I forget what the question was. It was something to the effect of, um, did you have any doubts about any of the games that you played or for whatever it was? And you could feel like he was, wasn't really buying what he was trying to sell. There was a little like this moment of, of doubt or of insecurity, but you know, boom, he's back in, he's back in the groove, he's back to prime time and he's never gonna let them see a sweat, kind of a persona of a, of a mask. Um, literally, you know, he's wearing sunglasses and he's wearing the cowboy hat, which is, is something the threes do. Now, I'm not saying they're disproportionately into cowboy hats, but they are chameleons. They can really take on the look of their environment and be the most successful version of it. So he wasn't wearing this cowboy hat, I don't think, at uh, Jackson State where he was previously coaching. But here in Colorado, it's kind of a look. It's kind of a thing. Not so much in Boulder. But he's, he's playing the part. That's why they're called the performer. And, you know, if it was India, he would take on the Indian successful image and if it was china the china successful image and so threes are really chameleons and they adapt and they become winners in whatever <clears throat> circumstance they find themselves in okay so let's talk a little bit about what's on this slide because i think it's important to do a little deeper dive into this now i'm not going to go deep into the what's called some people call it the tri-type i call it the whole type but look at the bottom it says acts eight feels three, thinks seven. The Enneagram has many triads, but the primary triad is the triangle, and you have a nine, three, and a six. Well, this is the action triad, or the instinctual triad. I'm sorry, I'm pointing at a um, slide that you can't even see, so I'm not gonna bother pointing. Look at the slide on the, um, on the, on the screen. Nine, eight, nine, and one are action types. And so one of those is gonna be ours, in the case of Dion, I think he's a three, but when he's in action, he acts like an eight. So that's part of what I call his whole type. It makes up his whole Enneagram profile. Again, some people call it the TRI type, but I prefer whole type. Um, so he acts like an eight. When he's in feeling, two, three, and four are the feeling choices or types. He feels like a three, and that happens to be his, what I call, core type. And when he's thinking, he's either a five, six, or seven, because we have one of these that we'll think like, and no doubt about it, he thinks like a seven, the enthusiast. So eight, three, and seven is his whole type. I find this to be more useful, infinitely more useful, than just knowing somebody's number. 
because if I'm going to make the case for any other number for for Deion Sanders, I could make the case that he's a seven, an enthusiast, and I could make the case that he's an eight, the challenger. I do think he's a three, but that's why I'm not so concerned with whether or not he's a three because he does clearly have the three qualities. He has the eight qualities and he has the seven qualities. Now, if you take those three things, the whole type, eight, three, seven, in his case, it's three because that's his type, then probably seven and then eight. So he's a three, seven, eight, but it doesn't really matter. It's just sort of nuanced. I call that the powerhouse. Eights are the powerhouse of the eight, nine and ones. Threes are the powerhouse of the two, three, and four, and five, and seven is the powerhouse of the five, six, and seven. So he thinks like a powerhouse, he acts like a powerhouse, and he feels like a powerhouse. The dude is a powerhouse. That's his whole type. So whether he's an Agram three, the achiever, or an eight, three, seven, the powerhouse, this is how he moves through the world, acting, thinking, and feeling. Let me just share with you a little bit about why I think he's an eight, because I'm an eight, and it takes one to know one. Now, I don't think he's as angry as a tr- typical eight. Um, it's partially why I don't see him up in the eight as, as his core type, his, his primary type is an eight, because also, not just the anger, um, he's much more image conscious than most eights, and he's seems a little less, um, he seems a little more focused on winning and a little less concerned about um, the control aspect of it. Like it's, it's really about winning, whereas eights will win, but it's much more about being in control. And I see he has a lot of control, but it doesn't feel to me to be the primary motivator in his life. The, the seven, and, and also, you know, you hear him shut down um, negative comments. You hear in his pressers him sort of stop a journalist from asking a stupid question, stopping them in their tracks. This is kind of a very abrupt signature of an Enneagram 8 and far less than an Enneagram 3. So I think he really has that 8 quality and he's just a powerhouse. He powers through things, even physically the way he moves feels quite 8-ish. So an Enneagram 3 for sure, an Enneagram 8 probably, Enneagram 7 the enthusiast. Again, this is how one thinks. This is the fast thinker. This is the visionary. This is the boom, 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 witty, quick on his feet. And that is Deion Sanders. I mean, the guy is fast on the field. He's fast off the field. He's, uh, he's just a fast thinker. He's, um, he, he's clearly a visionary. You know, if you're not following college football, then you may not know. But the game is changing in no small measure, not because of this man. I think he's symbolic of the time. Because we're moving from an Enneagram 3 culture and a 3 sport, which again is achievement, it's performance, it's, um, it's, it's sort of that discipline, to much more of a 7, um, fast-paced and glitzy, glamour. There's a lot of glitz and glamour around a 7, a lot more fun and fluid and, you know, again, that fast pace. So Dion has both of those. You know, you listen to him. He's very disciplined. He's very structured. That's the three-piece um, committed to him and all of his uh, players to making sure they are rigorous in their training and that they have been completely effective before they get on the field. But there's also this kind of swagger piece or this look at me. Threes can have that. 
and especially his subtype, but sevens have much more of it. They're not afraid of the limelight. They're not afraid of standing out. They're not afraid to have fun. I was just listening to him talk about his deal with Nike. He, um, I guess he had a falling out with Nike and anyways, got back into bed with them. They're sponsoring uh, the Buffaloes and Coach Prime. And he was talking about how important it is to look good in cool uniforms so that the players feel good and feel, you know, feel the vibe out on the field. This is some three-ish and seven-ish stuff. Eights really wouldn't care much about that. But you can just feel this vision of he sees what's coming and he anticipates it. Threes are forward-looking, sevens are forward-looking, eights are forward-looking. So he's a true visionary. And he's anticipated the change in collegiate sports and football in particular. If you haven't been following it, there's this new thing called the transfer portal, which is a total Enneagram 7 invention. Now players can just jump into the transfer portal, so to speak, and start playing for a new team without a waiting period. They used to have to wait. Now they can just jump in, switch teams, and it's caused a lot of fluidity and movement across um NCAA football. Well, he came along at the right time in the right place, not coincidentally, that's that three timing he has, to capitalize on the transfer portal and totally turning over his roster. Um, and so really right time, right place, or is it vision? And he sees what's coming and he has a great vision about him. That's one of the, uh, the great qualities about this man. I, I, by the way, am ambivalent. I'm not sure if I like him or if I hate him. I think that's true with a lot of people with, sorry, with Enneagram 3s who are successful and Enneagram 7s who are fun. Because there's a piece of us that's envious, that they can just go with the flow, that they have that Midas touch, that they can anticipate sort of two steps down the next successful move. There's a piece of us that um, is jealous of that. Of course we are. But there's another piece of us that, you know, genu genuinely is kind of like has the ick factor when it comes to especially threes, somewhat sevens, and that's around um, the look at me. You know, Prime talks about himself as Coach Prime. He talks about himself in the third person, and sometimes when you listen to him or when you see him on the commercials in between, you know, his own game, it's a little uncomfortable. It's a little flashy, you know, 56-year-old man, no offense, Neon, for a 20-something-year-old guy, it feels much more appropriate. When I see a 56-year-old man do it, I can't tell if it's just him still playing this part or if that's genuinely how he rolls and what he believes. I don't know. There is something about it that rubs the eight in me the wrong way. But again, maybe that's just coming from a, a deeper place of envy and wanting to be like um, Coach Prime. So love him or hate him, but Enneagram 3s and 7s and 8s to some degree don't usually leave people somewhere in between. It's kind of an all or nothing. A couple more things about um, Coach Prime. So I do believe his subtype is a um, is an Enneagram social 3. And it doesn't mean social like he's a good schmoozer. He certainly is. I think that's more to do with his wing, the 2. Social three is more of taking the three energy. Remember, there's three subtypes, social, sexual, and self-preservation. Each type has three subtypes, so there's 27 types total. And the, um, the subtype takes the Enneagram core type and sort of refracts it or sends that message out to the world in a different way. 
So with a self-preservation three, they're much more of a muted three. I have a good friend, Michael, who's a self-preservation three. He doesn't really look three-ish because he almost says the opposite of don't look at me. Um, Enneagram sexual threes, not having much to do with sex, are really more of a one-to-one -one focus. They put their attention on others. And so Enneagram threes, in my experience, who have that sexual instinct are much more focused on one other person, making other people look good. Um, I think they're called the professional in the, oh no, sorry, that's the wing of the three. So um, I forget what I call them, but what I call Coach Prime is the social three. It says on the top here, the motivator. So that's his, um, that's his subtype. He's a social three. And, and what that means is that three goes out into the world like a social um, expansiveness, expansion. These are the ones who tend to be larger than life. So if a three is commanding a field, like a Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or a, or a Coach Prime, they tend to have that social instinct where they're not, they're no wallflower. They're not hiding in the, the light. He was asked in his 60 Minutes interview who he thinks the best coach is out in, there, out in the world today. And, you know, he said, what do you think I'm going to say? It's me. Now, he had some lovely words to say about Nick Saban, but at the end of the day, um, a social three is really in it to win it. And that can become a, a self-absorbed, I won't say narcissistic, that's a more of a clinical disorder, but a, a self-referencing, a self-focused, a self-absorbed mindset. Again, who's to judge? I mean, you don't get this far in life as Coach Prime, playing in multiple sports, playing on both sides of the ball, playing now as the coach and winning by being meek, by being falsely modest. I don't think you're going to meet too many social threes who could even try. So Dion has this social sort of instinct, this go out into the world, this three achievement, and that can turn into a lot of look at me, but it can also turn into sort of get behind me, follow, because we're going to the top fellas, which is what he says about himself and about his players. One other key feature of the Enneagram, a good opportunity to teach on the wings. People oftentimes are confused about the wings. Um, they'll say, hey, I'm a three with a five wing or I'm a one with a seven wing. Wings are on the, uh, the um, they're, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? They're on either side of your Enneagram type. So adjacent, that's the word. So a three can only have a wing that's a two or a wing that's a four. Now, I come from a school of thought that says we have both. We probably develop them in different ways at different times. We lean on them for different things. I would say in this case, Coach Dion has a definitive two wing. So that just means you take this three energy and you bring some of the two qualities. Well, that two quality is very likable. And, and, you know, the, the three wing two or the three with a two wing, I call that or it's called the I believe it's called the charmer is charming. I mean, there's the two and the three are the most charming um, other oriented of all the Enneagram types. So you sort of get that space between them where there's a real charm, undeniable, like a sparkle quality that Dion has. And I feel he's leaning into that two wing. I also think he genuinely cares about his athletes. The way he talks about them, all of them, not just his two sons who are playing, but all of them, you can feel like this is a guy who really cares. It's not an act. 
And I think that that's part of his salvation, if you will, that if he didn't lean that heavily into the two wing, the three piece could dominate. It could be too much. Um, you add up all these factors, that social piece, that three, seven and eight and a guy like that, he could lose himself. But I think that two piece of him really keeps him in check and keeps his heart open, serving the people around him, a nurturing quality that he might not otherwise have. Um, you know, it's interesting. <clears throat> this that that's also the 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 nurturing, the helper, the giver, the lover. It's it's a parental quality, and I've been touched by the way he talks about his his sons. I only know for a fact that he has three. One's the cornerback, one's the quarterback, and then the third one. I don't know the third one's name. Um, is his PR, one of his PR guys. So he's doing a lot of the videography and the promotional stuff, which is very three-ish. Like a three might have a videographer or a PR person by his side. But I, I listen to the way he talks about all three of his boys, almost like they're equal in his eyes when it could be the star quarterbacks at the top. So there's a real nurturing parental quality to, to Coach Dion and the way he talks about the other athletes, that, that I think that that is the two warmth and the three achievement coming together to offer the best of what they, what they have to offer. What else can I tell you about Coach Prime? I mean, that's a lot, and most people don't go this deep into sort of the date of the Enneagram. I love going deep into it because the deeper you go, the, the more powerful the system becomes in helping you understand others in helping you understand yourself. And as my teacher, Viktor Frankl says, to stop living in reaction and become responsible, response-able, able to choose your response. So when I work with people, we start with just their Enneagram type, <coughs> excuse me, but then we go through this process of developing the subtype, the instincts, the whole type, how we act, think, feel, the wings, we didn't even talk about the lines, and that's a process. So we never jump into the deep end. We just start with the basics, and I've divided it up that way, just so you know, in my programs. So discover your numbers, a complimentary Enneagram tool that I've created. So you could um, jump on to my site and discover your Enneagram type. You don't need to take a test. If you do take a test, take one with me, and I'll administer a top-notch premium product, not a garbage product that you're going to buy out there. Um, and it's an investment. It's not a huge investment, but it's an investment. But you don't need to. You can discover your Enneagram number. I give you all nine types, everything you need, so you can go through. And that way you can also discover your whole type. Hey, you know, this is my thinking, but this is my feeling, and this is my action. When you do an Enneagram test, you're just checking boxes. You don't learn anything. You don't get a, a say or a voice in the process. Discover your number is there for you to learn about the Enneagram, not just figuring out your core type and then expanding to your whole type. Um, then going through that into own your number, a lower price point introduction to the Enneagram. So it's, you get all nine numbers, all nine types, and um, everything you need to start understanding or owning your number or all nine of the numbers. And so that's the next program. And then I have defy your number, which is where you get into the lines and the wings and the whole type and the instincts and everything else. But you can stop. Each one of those points along the way is an opportunity for you to stop. Maybe you got what you needed. Discover your number, 
own your number, defy your number. It's all there for you. Follow the link in the notes below and jump over to, at the very least, take the complimentary offering that I've created for you, Discover Your Number. Thank you for, Dion, for being such a good sport and letting us utilize his Enneagram profile as I see it. Again, not hard science, but now you sort of get a glimpse into the process of what I go through when I'm profiling people, when I'm trying to understand, not to reduce them to a number, but when I want to be able to relate to them, to respond to them, this is a process that I might go through. And it's certainly a process I, go, I work through with my clients. Last point, um, we can do this with the people you love in your family. So they don't have to take an Enneagram test. They can, but we can also talk through the living, but also the dead. And I call this the geneagram. A genogram meets the enneagram, where I'm working with clients to understand who their parents were, their grandparents were through the enneagram, and you can put it around the enneagram, and it's transformative, sort of like a emotional, spiritual 23andMe. Ooh, I like that. I'm going to run with that. Until the next time, um, discover your number, own your number, and defy your number, and I'll see you over at the Defiant Spirit. Mm -hmm.